Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright. You're about to hear Success Profiles Radio. I just want to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Now let's start the show. It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here. This is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guests shortly, and I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be really fantastic. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. But before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian, B-R-I-A-N, phonesites.com forward slash Brian. So recently, I was listening to some CDs in my car by T. Harvecker, who wrote Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I attended one of his seminars a few years ago called the Millionaire Mind Intensive, and these CDs were part of the course. One of the many things I learned by listening to these CDs was the idea that we should strive to provide greater service to others in our businesses and in our lives. In fact, Eckert challenged his listeners to find a way to serve 10 times the number of people we currently work with in our businesses. Think about how you might be able to do that. Some of those ways could include hosting a weekly radio show or podcast, writing a book, or speaking for groups. You don't necessarily have to run your own business to do these things. If you have a sales-oriented career, these ideas work just as well. The more people you serve, the more money you have an opportunity to earn. But it must come from a place of service first. People will notice the difference. So the question of the week is... How can you put yourself in a position to serve 10 times as many people as you do right now? The possibilities are endless. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest. My guest this week is Dr. Bob Nelson. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Bob Nelson is one of the world's leading authorities on employee motivation, engagement, and performance, and president of Nelson Motivation, Inc., which is a management training and consulting company that specializes in helping organizations improve their management practices, programs, and systems. He's the co-founder of Recognition Professionals International. He's worked closely with Dr. Ken Blanchard of the One Minute Manager as his vice president, chief of staff, and ghostwriter for 10 years, and currently serves as a personal coach for Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, the number one ranked executive coach in the world. He's worked with 80% of the Fortune 500 companies and has presented on six continents. He sold 5 million books on management and motivation, which have been translated into 37 languages. And the book that you might most recognize is 1001 Ways to Reward Employees. And there are many, many more books after that. So we're going to talk about a lot today. So here we are with Dr. Bob Nelson. Bob, how are you? Welcome to the show. Brian, thanks so much. What an intro. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Well, you've you've done a lot and I can only wish to accomplish uh, half of that much as of that much. So, thank you for being here first of all. I would say I'd like to ask you first about your background. Tell us a little about about your story and how you got to where you are now. 
Well, I think it was John Lennon that said, life's what happens to you when you're making other plans. I uh, grew up, um, I was always interested in motivation. Why do people do what they do? That was my favorite topic in college, psychology. I I got a BA in uh, communications. I went on to get a master's degree in business from UC Berkeley on organizational development and ultimately a PhD working with Dr. Peter Drucker, the wow. father of modern management on on human human behavior and uh, management education. My my dissertation was a, a very simple question. We we know that um, you get what you reward is is called the most proven principle of management. What you reward, what you inspect, what you no- notice, what you what you uh, incentivize, you'll get more of, guaranteed. We've got 400 studies that say that's true. And uh, what I wanted to find out, and it was a, my dissertation question was, with all that proof, why don't more people do this? And right. so I have... I asked, how, what, what is it, why is it some managers recognize and thank their employees common sense activity and others do not? And so I did a three-year study to get that answered. I looked at 47 national companies. In each one, I found managers that were great at recognition, three-way validation. And in the same companies, I identified managers who didn't use recognition also with a three-way validation. End up with these two groups of doers and non-doers. And I looked at a 167 variables that potentially separated those two groups through the power of statistics that enables you to zero in on the the desired uh, behavior you're looking at. And uh, to take three years' work and boil it down to a couple sentences, I, <laughs> I right. found that I found that uh, uh, the top reason managers don't don't recognize their employees they they don't know how to do it well. Mm-hmm. Followed by they were busy followed by they didn't really believe it was that important and who has time to do things that we don't think are important to begin with, right? And right. followed by uh, no one does it for them, uh, they're afraid of leaving someone out, and other, other looked like excuses to me, really. Whereas when I looked at the managers that used recognition and harnessed this power, this proven power of driving desired behavior and performance, I didn't have a whole list of things. There was just one common denominator, those people that did it had internalized importance of the concept that they felt as a leader in their organization, they were in charge of the motivational environment of the people that worked for them. So they owned the fact that they need to uh, thank them, acknowledge them to get a better result from them. Not HR, not the CEO, not corporate, but them on their watch and their sphere of influence. And so ever since then, I've been trying to get managers into that frame of mind to say, look, it's not optional. If you do this, it'll work. Try it. You might like it. Uh, Here's what it looks like. Here's tools. Uh, Find, get a buddy system, but you got to make it happen. Right. Was your end game to be a consultant all the way along, or had you thought about teaching? What What were your What were you envisioning for your career path at that time? At that time, I was um, working for Ken Blanchard, so I had a front row seat for for uh, Ken Blanchard wrote the One Minute Manager, sold 14 million copies, yeah. and I ran product development for him for six years, and was on his executive team, was his chief of staff at one point. So I kind of had a good role model there and, and uh, some others along the way, uh, Dr. Drucker. And then, you know, uh, uh, you mentioned um, Marshall Goldsmith, who's a great guy. And, and he 
he's the number one executive coach in the world, and he asked me to be his coach. I said, Marshall. That's great. How, how does that work? He goes, no, no, no. I, 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 you help me. I want your, your, your input. I, I love bouncing ideas off you, and, and you could tell everyone you, that you're my coach. I go, okay, game on. <laughs> So it's been it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun. And and actually, when I before I finished my dissertation, I saw that this concept, the power of the concept. This is a fun story. I I uh, I had a you know from a professor, graduate school professor. We were talking about control systems, specifically informal reward systems. And he made the offhand comment that as proven as these concepts are, there hasn't been much application in the world of business. And I said to myself. I'm going to change that. And I, I got uh, the drive home. I, I fantasized about a resource that would, that would show through examples what this concept looked like because it's, it's very straightforward and it seems very simple. And that actually becomes a problem because if, you know, we think because it's simple, I must be doing it. You know, it's no, no, it's simple, but you're not doing it. You know, right. so that uh, common sense isn't often common practice. Voltaire said that first in the 17th century, by the way, and so so, so is the case with these concepts. So I, I got home and I typed out this letter to a New York uh, president of New York publisher and spent two weeks trying to get him on the phone. And finally, I could hear his assistant go, "Would you talk to this guy? He keeps calling." And they, and uh, I hear the phone go, "What do you want?" And it's the president of this company. And I said, "Well, I, I wrote a letter about a book," and he cut me off. He said, "We're not going to respond to." A, a letter you wrote us about a book. If there's a book you want to do, uh, you've got to send us a proposal uh, as to how of the 70,000 books that are published this year, uh, yours has to be one of them, and we're the only publisher who could possibly get it right. And he's hanging up. He goes, and by the way, we get 10,000 proposals a year, and we publish 24 books. Click. And wow. I said, game on. And so I yeah. did a proposal, and then now this time I'm going to talk to him again, but I'm going to fly to New York at my own expense and have a face-to-face with him. And, and uh, we, we connected, and he said, yes, this could work. Good. And uh, they got behind it, and I got behind it. In fact, you know, everyone, I know most people want to do a book, and they always fantasize, well, a publisher will pick me up, and then I'll be rich and famous, and I just need to get an agent to get a publisher. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, you got to have clarity of what you're trying to do in the market, who you're trying to connect with. When they did this book, and there's already it's a great publisher. They're a very strong marketer. That's why I wanted to work with them. But before uh, the book came out, I called the marketing manager. I said, hey, do you have a, a business plan for the promotions of the book? And they kind of, she kind of laughed. She goes, well, we really don't do that. But I said, well, I got a few ideas. You mind if I send them to you? Oh, that would be cute. Go ahead, send them in. Right. <laughs> and, and I did a 60-page single-spaced letter with a one-line cover sheet that said, here's what I'm going to do to make this book a success. What are you going to do to meet me halfway? Nice. <laughs> and they told me later, they looked at each other and said, what have we unleashed? Right. <laughs> and uh, I put my head down and, you know, as a business book, the, within a couple months, it sold 40,000 copies. It's, it's now in its 64th printing, has sold about 2 million copies. That is absolutely Amazing. Well, I've seen that book in Barnes and Noble for years. And so <laughs> when we connected and I found out that you were the guy that wrote that, I thought, okay, I know who this guy is. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. 
All right, so we're coming up against our first break. Can you believe how quickly that went? We will talk about that book more specifically, 1001 Ways to Reward Your Employees. And I'm going to ask Dr. Bob how he got interested in the employee recognition industry. And we're going to talk about why employees feel underappreciated and how much of a gap there really is between what employees want out of a, of a job versus what employers think employees want. It's a pretty stark contrast. We're going to talk about so much when we come back from the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We are here with Dr. Bob Nelson. He is the author of the book, 1001 Ways to Reward Your Employees, and so many more. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Brian K. Wright, Success Profiles Radio, and I just want to let you know something. Togenet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Brian, that's B-R-I-A-N, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Togenet Radio. We've negotiated special rates just for you at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to www.BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Sign up and enjoy the discounts right now. Once again, that is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Brian. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dr. Bob Nelson. He's the author of the book, 1,000 Ways to Reward Your Employees. And my book is called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. It's based on interviews from some of the best of the best that I've interviewed on my show. And volume two is coming out very, very soon. In fact, I just received my proof for volume two today. I cannot wait. So, Dr. Bob, I do want to ask you, how did you get interested in the employee recognition industry? It's a pretty specific niche. Yeah, well, it kind of led from this principle. Uh, I loved, I loved the topic, and and then I found out that uh, there was actually a, kind of an industry around it. Now it's a big industry. It's a the recognition and rewards business in America is a hundred billion dollar industry. 
Wow. So, you know, incentive travel and gift certificates and and the merchandise and years of service awards. Uh, it's changed over the years. It used to be just mm-hmm. very formal stuff, uh, mm-hmm. a crystal and, and uh, watches when you, when you retire. And now it's gone to more lifestyle. And now it's, now it's more includes experiences and even includes uh, more really anywhere, any way you can spend money, you can incentivize someone. So you can allow them to donate to a, a charity or, or to uh, use points to – have a skip level meeting with their boss's boss to talk about their career. It's really uh, infinite uh, the number of wow. things you can do. And, and and really, what I wanted to do with the book was to open people's eyes to the topic that recognition's all around you every single day. Just yeah. open your eyes to it, and then you can start to make the connections. Yeah. Uh, and so, in that book, it you know, twenty eight chapters from no cost to low cost to team based stuff on up, uh, and just a hundred percent. Real examples from actual companies of all sizes and types. The the first the first uh, book was a thousand one ways along the way. I kept getting people writing to say, "Well, we do this," and so now the latest version is called fifteen hundred and one ways to reward employees. Mm. Uh, the same the same concept. I, I put in uh, some some context for why this is not no longer optional with today's employees in a tight labor market. Right. Uh, that you've got to show that you're a good place to work and a good person to work for. If you have a if you have a good boss, you have a good job. That's true the world around. And yeah. uh this is the top of the list of having a good boss is someone that catches you doing things right. Yep. And we will spend some time shortly talking about how and why employees feel underappreciated and what we can do about that. And we'll talk about your consulting work, but I do have to ask because we did tease the idea a little earlier that you've sold 5 million copies of your books collectively. That did not happen overnight, and I'm sure there was a long, <laughs> long, long road to that. Tell us what you did. What, there's a story sure. behind every bestseller. Yes, there is. And I think, you know, I, this is actually my 12th book, and so I had uh, self-published before then. And the first book I self-published, I, you know, it was like $2.95, and I drove it around to bookstores and left it on consignment. And, and that was invaluable for learning how uh, – what bookstores, managers, how they think. And then I worked for a B. Dalton's as a shipping clerk. Best job I ever had. It paid me $2.17 an hour. I got to see every day was like Christmas. I opened up packages from publishers, got a, got a sense for publishers, types of books, could hear the regional manager in the, in the next uh, uh, cubicle talking about uh, business issues of publishing. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So all that was prime for uh, when I did this book. And I had a big epiphany. Uh, the book before, A Thousand and Ways to Reward Employees, was a great book. It was called uh, Empowering Employees Through Delegation. Mm. And it, was an, it, was a, it was a great book. It, it was done by a, a business, a professional publisher, um, and the total sales of it was 3,500 copies, which is actually okay, but, you know, I guess something's wrong with this. And so mm-hmm. I, I said, uh, when I did this book, I said, you know, I, what, what my, I'd learned is that, that uh, business publishers tend to say, well, it's a business book, so no one's going to buy it, so let's put an ugly cover on it, it's, and no one's, you know uh, – <laughs> It's not telling anyone about it because they're not going to buy it anyway, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I wanted to go to a publisher that didn't think like that, and mm-hmm. actually, uh, Workman Publishing was the first uh, is the first business book they ever did was the one that they did with me, and I was making the case to them, and they said, "Okay, we'll do it." And 
and they supported it and I supported it and they did things I couldn't do and I did things they could they couldn't do. So the other the second epif- epiphany on that journey was I kind of alluded to that um, um, most people expect a you know if they want to do a book and then they hope they'll you know a publisher will a publisher has it okay I'm going to be rich and famous you know and and they expect the publisher to do all the work and and publishers kind of have the same expectation they think if we get the right author with the right connections and the platform then like magic it'll it'll be a bestseller and and most books die in between those two perspectives yeah and and that's why uh i as i indicated i i even though i had a good a good publisher i i told them here's what i'm going to do and it was extensive and more than they'd ever seen an author do and i did all of that and and it kind of uh you know as any book does better a publisher is more eager to get, get behind it you know in fact right. a lot of publishers they do you know take random house they'll do 200 titles a season mm-hmm. and we'll see which ones bubble up you know yeah. <laughs> and then and then those will put money behind you know yeah. uh i remember talking to the, the publisher of um bridges of madison county that novel yeah. and after it came out, and he said, "We had no idea. First printing was was ten thousand copies. We've we don't know what happened, but as it took off, they got behind it and sold millions. So yeah. it's every book's a little different. And and so yeah. if you're an author with a book, you know, focus on what you can do, not what they should be doing, because otherwise you, you won't be as disappointed. Absolutely." <laughs> So let's talk about some of the material that you talk about a lot. Now, it's no secret that many employees in their respective companies feel underappreciated. Why do you think that is? 85% to be exact. 85% feel overworked and underappreciated. Mm. And that's because um, they, regardless of what the company is doing, they don't feel valued. It could be a great company. They could be successful. But they, as a person in this in this company, of, it could be a big or a small company, they don't feel special. They don't feel valued, and and uh, and that's and that's reinforced when a company, an old line company, says, "Well, the way we recognize people around here is we give them a years of service award, and we do a summer picnic and something on their birthday, and and that's about it." And that's not the stuff that does it for people today. You got to mm-hmm. make someone feel valued. It's got to be. Uh, focused on them. It's got to be around what they did. It's it's not just being nice. It's being it's recognizing uh, the behavior or the performance they did, the project they finished, and then in a timely way, thanking them and being specific and and talking about why that's important to our mutual success and the goals of our department and the values of the company. So and you can do a ten second thank you in the hallway and still provide a context that says, "Hey." I'm proud of you. That was a great job you did. Yeah. And that and that resonates with people. Only yeah. 12% of employees today say that they get recognition that's meaningful to them. 12%. Wow. So what 34% say that the stuff that our company does doesn't resonate with me. I, I get, you know, a years of service award, you know, the, the millennials, the largest generation in the workplace today, their average tenure is going to be one is 1.8 years, 1.8 yeah. years. The, the five-year service award, they're not going to be around for. Let no, the 10, exactly. The 20-year one, it's out of sync, out of touch with the times or, or the, the performance appraisal. Well, yeah. here's, what the, here's what we're going to measure you on. And, and a year from now, we're going to pull us out. We're going to see how you did. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm not going to get feedback. Oh, I'll tell you when you did something wrong. <laughs> but, yeah. 
but we'll get to this point, and then we'll we'll talk about what you what you just screwed up, and the, yeah. forget about getting a raise. You know, so it's right. like what we're out of sync with the times and with the generation. Yeah. You mentioned meaningful appreciation. What does that look like? Well, it's different for from person to person. That's like one size doesn't fit all. But right. it it and so cut to the chase. Ask them. Hey, John, if, we, if you're able to finish this project, I'm going to be pretty darn excited. What could I do to thank you? You know, and, and most managers don't do that because they're afraid, well, he's going to ask for more money. And maybe he will. But in my experience, that's not what people say. You know, could I, could I present my findings to the management team? Could I get I, – I actually had this. I had a, a woman I was working for a company, and, and uh, uh, the previous manager of this whole – area I took over, uh, the manager said, if I were you, I'd, I'd fire these people, get some new people. These people are no damn good. I go, what did you do on your watch? Thank you. But I remember one of them, Jackie. And so we're getting the goals aligned and I'm revving up the people. I said, Jackie, you're a key part of the success. If you're able to help us make this goal, I'm going to be pretty excited. What could I, what could I do to thank you? If mm-hmm. I had a hundred guesses, I never could have said, guess what she said. She said, Bob, if I'm able to be successful on this, I would love more visibility. Yeah. I said, visibility? She goes, yeah, I'm over here at the, on the Mac all day. I think no one in the company even knows who I am, let alone what I do. I go, Jackie, you're getting visibility if you make this happen. And sure enough, she did. And, and here's the letter from the client. And she's under budget. And she's make So my turn, my turn to do uh, the management thing, I'm, Jackie wants visibility. I'm going to give her visibility. I could have done a dozen things. I could have yeah. Said something in front of the staff. I could have given her flowers publicly. I, yeah. I went. What I did get do is I went to the president of the company. I said, you know, we've had a whole turnaround in our area. Said, yeah, I know about that. Well, a key part of that was Jackie. Look at this letter from the client. Look at the numbers. She's under budget. This she is a complete turnaround. It's been a wild success. Could you stop by her office and thank her for me soon? Yeah, because timing is important. So that's a no cost idea to ask someone above you to thank someone, and right. and she did. She, Jack, you know, comes in her office first time the president's been in her office. Something's already up, right? And Jackie, Bob's been singing your praises. He showed me the letter from the client. Uh, told me about the budget. I don't, he said he couldn't have done it without you, and I don't think we could have either. I'm so glad yeah. you're on our team. The yeah. whole interaction was 30 seconds, and she leaves. What does Jackie do? Immediately calls her husband. Guess who was just in my office? She was all, all abuzz on the cloud, cloud nine for a couple of weeks. She, when she started to come off that, she came to talk to me. She said, Bob, I've never, I've never worked for anyone that could show me the power of doing a good job. That's you awesome. You haven't seen anything yet. And it was like, get out of her way. <laughs> She's making it right. happen. That's the power. That's the power. If you, you press the right buttons, you get that from any employee. <laughs> I'm convinced. Yeah. That's fantastic. We're coming up against our next break. I'll tell you some of the things that I always liked when I was working for other people. I love having jobs where the hours are flexible. Because there you go. In, in the last case where I did have flexible hours, I worked early, as early as possible, so that I could leave early as possible, so that I could come home and work on my business. And that was two hours in the commute, yeah. Right, exactly. So that was awesome. Sometimes working remotely is a great perk if if you have it. Sometimes giving yes. people an experience, such as tickets to a game or a trip somewhere, go to especially, Vegas for a weekend, yeah. Especially if you know they like that team or they like Vegas. Again, it's not randomly, but knowing what things pushes their buttons and giving them that. You know, yep. I had... I had a, a guy who was, uh, still still works with me, uh, yeah. Mario. He was into Elvis. I remember the first time he was out sick, I, I took he had an Elvis poster on the wall. I and we're, a, we're at our break. We'll come okay. right back. We'll continue that story when we come okay, back. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio, and my very special guest this week is Dr. Bob Nelson. He is the author of the book, 1001 Ways to Reward Your Employees. If you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do it. That would be absolutely fantastic. You can also subscribe to Success Profiles Magazine at successprofilesmagazine.com, and you can get yourself a seven-day trial for only a dollar. And it's totally worth it. You'll really enjoy it. So, Bob, I want to ask you, how often should we... Let me, let me finish that story, though. We got... Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Mario, uh, the uh, guy that worked for me, who was really into Elvis. Yes. And he was out uh, sick for a few days, and he had this poster of Elvis up in his uh, cubicle. I went and got it uh, framed and, and matted, came back, blew him away. He talks... 30 years later, he still talks about it. <laughs> Wow! I know. Every time I go through Memphis, I always pick up uh, something at the store about Elvis to give to Mario. You know, it's the little go. things that show the connection. I was thinking of you. Here's Elvis's driver's license. Here's wow. here's a, a clock. Uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a it's a lot of fun. Really, it's a yeah. lot of fun. That's fantastic. So let me ask: How often should you reward employees? Because I have worked for places where the only time you get any feedback at all is when you messed up or when it's time for your annual review. And I'm using air quotes right now. Yeah. So, um, well, you said reward, and I, but then I think your example is recognition, and those true get confused a lot. So I, I view recognition as the behavior, okay. and the reward is something, either money, a raise, or, or, or something that costs money, you know, okay. flat screen TV or whatever it might be. And so the, the answer on the recognition, every day, every day uh, uh, for millennials, that's, that's the answer. Um, yeah. Gallup says at least once a week. Uh, and so if you if you did it once a week as a leader to get to everybody you're gonna have to be doing it all the time and then then you'll get to everyone if you're always doing it and you're always on the lookout for what they're doing well 
that's driving the performance that you're trying to get from them anyway. So it's actually people, you know, some managers say, I don't have time to do this. This is actually will help your job be easier because <laughs> you'll get right. more of the results you want and they're more excited to do more for you. So it, uh, it's very powerful for, for that sense. On the reward side of it, uh, I've, I've seen some uh, studies on, on not on money, but on, on gift cards and stuff, and uh, like like oh, it's like uh, seven times a, a year uh, before they, they fill it. And some studies, but um, you know, the money money is important. We got to pay our bills, but I find that it's not money that's the most motivating. Eighty percent, eighty-eight percent of the millennials, by the way, say money is not their top motivator. Eighty-eight percent, seventy-eight percent say they'll work harder if they're if they're challenged. You know that they they want to work for a company that has a sense of purpose. They want to be uh, they they want to be uh, thanked and recognized. They want to learn and grow, uh, which are to me forms of recognition to give someone an opportunity to learn a skill or to take on an assignment. Uh, again, recognition is all around you every day if you open your eyes to it. The, yeah. the things that people want are the things you should give them when they do a good job. Absolutely. Let's talk about. Your consulting. You work with corporations in a consulting role, and you are basically looking to work with companies that want to improve their 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 corporate culture and yes. improve their morale and drive results. Correct? Yes, and and I I'd probably put that morale is is a side benefit. Uh, yes. The way you improve your morale is, is improve your focus on performance. It's it's people that you know Ken Blanchard and one minute manager. The little plaques. One of them was that people feel good about themselves, perform well. I was, remember I was driving a car with them once, and he said, "You know, Bob, we got it wrong on that one. It's not people that feel good about themselves, perform well. It's people that perform well feel great about themselves. <laughs> Our job mm-hmm. is." managers and leaders is to help people be performers then they love their job they love working for you because you're always helping them and, and show, helping them grow and uh, talking about their future and what's next and why would they go somewhere else <laughs> you got someone on your side here most managers you, you know you having your your career won't be that good only one out of every four or five will be you'll, you'll consider it a, a good one so when you got that person you think twice about leaving them because yeah. It's happening here, you know. So yeah. I, I I help uh, companies that want to improve their their cult, workplace culture, be a, a more of an engagement culture, to have a, more of a culture of recognition. Uh, research shows that if you have a culture of recognition where this is happening all the time, it's secondary, it's in every sphere of influence that we're doing some, some type of recognition, uh, thanking people at the beginning of a staff meeting or, you know, I just worked with NASA uh, last fall. They Johnson Space Center, which is which is ranked number one best place to work in federal government, by the way. That mm. didn't happen by accident. You could just feel it walking in the building. You could see it in the interactions on what's on the walls. But I picked up from them one of the things, whenever they have a group of leaders together, they always save 10 minutes at the, at the end of the meeting to go around the group and have everyone share something they've done to recognize someone on their team since we last have been together. Wow. wow. Isn't that, isn't that great? You could, you could just feel the energy rise and, and the yeah. pride. And, and they said, we noticed that our leaders will take notes on other leaders' ideas. Jerry, that's a good one. I'm going to try that. They've yeah. become a self-learning uh, uh, on this topic. They get better yeah. and better learning from each other. They try yeah. things and what works, they, they tell others. And wow, the, you're off to the races then. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not how big your budget is, is, is 
how, what are you doing and how are you doing more of that? Uh, yeah. it, it doesn't start with the budget. It starts with the behavior and the yeah. creativity yeah. and the fun. Uh, so yeah. so I, 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 I help um, companies where the, wherever they are first assess where they are uh, and then build from there. So yeah. uh, whatever, you, whatever you have to start with, employee surveys or, or whatever programs you might have, and most companies are doing something, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll start that as a foundation and then try to get clarity on what does it for their, their uh, assortment of, of people and then how to make that, uh, make that happen more frequently on the part of their, their leaders. So that might involve some training. It might involve some tools, again, if they, if they need it to make it easier. But the first, the first the home room is the behavior, uh, getting leaders to know this is not optional anymore. 20, 15, 20 years ago, you know, it'd be nice, employees would say, it'd be nice if my boss did something. Today, they don't say that. They say, I expect my boss to do something. Mm. And they notice if you don't, you know, and the, the first time they go, they might be surprised and disappointed because they thought, you know, you'd be a better leader. But second or third time, they're already, you know, looking for another job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how do you build a, 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 a great corporate culture? Well, it's, uh, it's really to do it right. Uh, you have a you want to have a philosophy that you want to set the the, the goalposts to say this is what, what we're aiming for. Uh, then you want to again find out your your current basis what you, what's currently happening in the organization who's doing what, and then you want to want to create an umbrella of how can we do um, something that encompasses all of this. How can we make sure, for example, uh, we have core values? How how does that does that relate to all the recognition that's going on? Can we have people recognize others uh, in the context of a value that we're trying to drive? Uh, can we then, if they do that a certain number of times, give them an award for that? So you, you have a, you have a, a system that is, is, so it's not just arbitrary. You know, we got some, we got some movie tickets. Uh, whoever wants them, come to HR and, and, and we'll give them away for free. No, no, we use those strategically, whatever it is. And it could be, it could be just uh, low-end stuff or it could be more significant stuff. And, uh, you know, if someone does something more significant, ideally you'd have a more significant form of recognition reward for them. Again, it, it could be monetary, but it could also be having the president of the company call them or having, having uh, you know, having them uh, present what they did to the management team or, or doing a, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, uh, our mark. I, there's so many things. Our mark, they have a, uh, they name days after employees, yeah. uh, days after employees. And then on, on that day, the, the, the manager will pick them up at their home and chauffeur them to work. And they come in and the whole department's lined up in the lobby, giving them a standing ovation. You know, it just, you just have fun. And, but it's celebrating someone's success and what they did. Maybe there's wow. lunch with the president, you know, and here's a, we'll do it. We'll put up a, a, a plaque in the, in the honor of the hallway. You, you could just come up with stuff out of the air as it, as it relates to people and it will resonate. Yeah. I want to ask because I would imagine that after you've worked with a lot of these companies, a lot of things will change. When a lot of things change at once, that can be very disorienting to employees. How? What do you recommend in terms of the speed of implementation of change in a company? Well, this is especially important during times of change because there's, there's so much insecurity. This, this uh, helps – this becomes a stress – Valve release. This helps. Uh, so, in the midst of change, you got to be calling out 
who's doing a great job. We've got some new goals. Who's making it happen? What can we learn from them? Who wants to help Jerry on the next step, you know, et cetera, so that you're, you're using recognition to rally around the change you're trying to make. Uh, and then if you're, if you're successful in the whole, the whole change, maybe it's a new computer system. Maybe it's a, then maybe we do something to celebrate as a company or as a department. Uh, so that's all part of it as well. So this is a very powerful, powerful uh, management uh, technique during times of change. Um, the speed of change is an interesting question. You know, studies say, well, it's seven or eight years to make a cultural change. I used to think that was true, but I've seen it happen much faster because I've seen uh, traction in three months where I've worked with, uh, oh, well, here, I'll tell you another story. I was presenting to 800 people in Seattle, and the person in the front row, I go, you look really familiar. He goes, yeah, I heard you speak six weeks ago. I had to come tell you what happened. It's like, well, what happened? And uh, she said, I took seven pages of notes. I left the, the room with one thing in mind. I'm doing this. I'm not going to ask for permission. I'm doing this in my group. And she did. And other people noticed. And your people are pumped up. What's going on over there? Hey, come to the next meeting. Her, her, her manager noticed. Can you do whatever you did for the whole facility? Yes, I can. And then, then for the whole company. From that conversation, the first time that person heard me speak in Seattle, wow. fast forward Fast forward 18 months, Perkins Coy, a law firm, entered the best places to work in America, number 23. Wow. I would say from one great. person, not the CEO, one person in the middle of the company. She was a, a finance manager. So it's, that's, change can happen like that. It doesn't yeah. always happen like that. It's easier when it comes from the top, but sometimes it has to bubble up and, and then bring the top into it. Absolutely. And we've got less than two minutes to our next break. I find that changes tend to fall apart if they are not consistently reinforced and then they revert back to what they were. Have you quickly, have you, have you observed that? Absolutely. And this is, this is the thing we're staking out. We've got to be very consistent in praising the progress and making the people that are making it happen heroes. Maybe we start an honor roll of, of people that had success under the new system, you know, or people that could then help the people that aren't on board yet do a buddy system. You know, we're, gonna, we're all in it together. How can we get everyone over the, the, the line, you know? Yep. And, uh, and then, you know, I mean, Napoleon, when he used to, uh, he famously, when he would uh, uh, cross into another country, he would intentionally burn the bridge so there's no yep. retreat. There <laughs> so you go. We got to go clear, but. We're coming up against our break. Retreat. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back on the other side and down the structure come when we come back. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. 
With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Dr. Bob Nelson. He's the author of the book, 1001 Ways to Reward Your Employees and so many others. So let's talk about keeping a workforce motivated and engaged. You mentioned that millennials were the largest um, demographic in our workforce right now. Yes. They they want things differently than the rest of us do, right? By 2025, three out of every worker's in any workplace will be millennials. Okay, and in some companies it's already beyond that, you know, depending on the industry. Uh, but yes, they have they have uh, different expectations, a different army. You know, they have a um, they were the trophy generation. They 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 grew up on the internet, so they, they've got they're very good with technology. They're they're very resourceful. They tend to be very bright, and I find that uh, instead of uh, Complain about them. Get them into the game. Have you know? Have fun with it. And and I had. Uh, uh, I'll give you an example. I was uh, talking to a conference of CEOs of apartment complexes, and we got on this topic. This one CEO said, "I had, I had a new complex. It just it was running late. It just got online. Six hundred and forty units, and I had to fill that. And I did something I never did before. I went to a group of millennials. I threw the the keys to the, the building on the table. I said, I don't care what it takes. I need this building filled. Do whatever you want to make it happen. And okay then. They, they, uh, they didn't do open houses. They did open parties. They, they wow. created a, a YouTube channel. <laughs> they were rocking and rolling. They weren't asking permission. They were making it happen. And they filled the, the unit. They, they came uh, back to the CEO. And uh, it was in L.A. And, and they said, hey, well, to celebrate – you know, they already knew what they wanted to do. We want to go to to Vegas together. She said, "Knock yourself out. You know, have fun." Yeah. You know? And they had one person that didn't make her goals. They wanted her to come along because she was such a, a, a great supporter of the team. You know, a very team oriented group. And they they had a blast. They came back to talk to the CEO. Do you have any more apartment complexes you need filled? You know, they may not have known it then. Maybe they know it now that they could they could launch a new business just doing that. Yeah. This is a smart generation, and uh, they could—they're uh, they're constantly looking to, to adapt, use technology to use uh, to see needs in the market and to fill them themselves. 
Absolutely. And speaking of technology, that has allowed a lot of our workforce employees to work remotely if they want to. And we also can now outsource things to contractors who don't officially work for our company. They need to be motivated and rewarded, too. What are your recommendations specific to that population? Yes, two very different questions. The the virtual employees, if they're on the team, the the biggest concern is they already feel like they're second-class citizens. You know, even if they're on the conference call, they're they're not there. Yeah. can't, they, they try to speak up and no one can hear them, type of thing. And so yeah. you got to you got to intentionally reach out to. I, I, I try to uh, advocate starting with them to start the conversation with the people that are on online. So then we're for sure going to hear what they have to say, and they'll be noticed. Uh, that could be you know if they're if they're reporting to you, taking time to connect to orient them to others in the, in the team. And that could be, you know, taking a call where everyone talks about their hobbies. So you get to know each other. So as you do that, you're building connections with everyone on the team, not just the, the, the leader. And that, that's going to be a more powerful team than saying, well, it's, it's us here and then we've got people in these other areas that we've never seen or don't talk about, basically. Right. So you've got to make them feel included. Uh, and that, and that uh, you can have a lot of fun doing that. I, I know um, my wife was a virtual employee that uh, she'd have uh, little bobbleheads of other people on the call with their names on there just so she wouldn't forget about them when she's on the phone, you know, that that here's the team, the whole team is right here. So there's, you could be very creative and and, uh, and make it happen. Uh, Certainly before they start, you know, it's always, I always recommend having some in-person time where they come to headquarters or wherever the team is and people get to know them face-to-face and they get to meet people that they're going to be talking to over time. Yeah. Um, you got to spend more time on the orientation part if they're going to be working at a distance, I find. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your speaking career. You speak for organizations now. What kinds of things do you typically talk about? Well, uh, the United Nations just hired me. I'm, I'm helping set up a, a program, a recognition program for the, their 40,000 employees on, in 196 member nations. So that's wow. uh, kind, of, kind of fun. I, I uh, work with companies of all sizes, all types, all industries. It's always hopping. I, I, uh, I've worked with 80% of the Fortune 500, but I, I love working with smaller companies too because they, you know, they – I like to open their eyes because they always say, well, we don't have money to do anything and we can't motivate people because we can't pay them more. I go, will you shut up? Look at all, look at what you do have. You've got daily visibility with the leadership and the ownership of the company. You've got mm-hmm. uh, infinite flexibility. You're not rule bound by a 300 page policy manual. You have lots of things to be done. You need people to wear many hats. That's great. That's opportunity to reward someone by giving them a different activity because you knew that they like marketing. Hey, can you help us with this marketing campaign? Yeah. And and now it's not just another assignment. It's something that ties into what their interests are. You yeah. have more ability to make the connection happen if you open your eyes to it. Wow, that is awesome. Do you have a favorite team building exercise that you like to do with your clients? Yes, yes, I, I've uh, well, there's I've got books and books of team building exercises, but I, I say on this topic, a fun one I kind of alluded to is next staff meeting, you know, uh, go around before you start and everyone share two things that motivate them. I've done this with people that, that have worked together for 10 years, and they learn stuff about each other they didn't know. 
you know, you, uh, you like fishing. I like fishing. You know, you yeah. you you raise dogs. I've got that breed of dog. You know, gardening. I'm gonna do. You know, and so it's just you're looking for connections. So right. that's that's a fun thing to do. Or another another great one is called a a praise barrage. A praise barrage, and that's I learned this from uh, the city of San Diego. The management team there does this. They they say, okay, and we're you know we're here staff meeting. Okay, before we get started, we're gonna do a praise barrage. As I go around the room, I'm gonna point to each person. Everyone say what they like working the, uh, with that person about. Hmm. Tony, he's always he's always ready to jump in. Sally, she's always so creative, you know. And and wow, that's that's giving people feedback about what they're how others see them, which is valuable by itself. But what others value in them, they will do more of that next time. Do it with index cards. Jot yeah. uh, jot in our group. Jot as many as you want. Uh, thank you notes to different people that have helped you that you haven't had a chance to to, to get to. And here, someone gets uh, you know five index cards from their their coworkers. Thanking them for things they've done, they are going to do a better job at those things because people notice. <laughs> well, yeah. You haven't seen anything yet, you know. Wow. And so it's it's just a it's almost a magic. Once you tap the push the buttons on this, it's like a magical thing that happens. That yeah. it just resonates and it's and it's real. It's not it's not uh, you, you can't. I, I guess I'd say don't uh, praise people insincerely. Don't just go through the motions. It's got to be real. It's got to be specific. It's yeah. got to come from the heart. Uh, it's got it's got to talk about the impact and what it means to you. Ideally, the ideally yeah. a good praising, even if it's ten seconds in the hallways, hallway provides practical feedback that we all need and emotional charge. Yeah. Mark Twain yeah. once said, "I could live for two weeks on a good compliment." I think it's even longer today because most people don't get it, and right. we move so fast, and everyone yeah. spends their life looking at a, a screen now, and technology is uh, uh, is uh, you know. More than face-to-face time, we we have to make more of the connection that uh, technology is taking away from us. Absolutely. So, Bob, what has surprised you the most about your journey? Uh, honestly, you know, when I uh, – that book, uh, Thousand One Rewards, came out 25 years ago. Wow. And I thought, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to make the case for this and people are going to – and it did resonate, but I thought it would be – they everyone would get it and you know wouldn't have to keep at it and I'd do something else and and I find that still it's it's a uh, again common sense not common practice that right. for whatever reason you know that uh, got an old line manager or you know it's, I, it's just uh, it's just the strangest thing really because you, you think that people would figure it out now just their I, I think I will say like with the millennials coming up they get this more naturally because they they want to do the things that they they valued and so it's it's uh it's happening organically that change but it's not uncommon for uh to run into old line thinking i was i was speaking in albuquerque recently and they uh this company got a new ceo and he came in and you know he's gonna lay down the law i expect everyone to be in their desk at 8 30 every morning and this one woman goes i i can't do that why can't you do that well, I've got two. I'm a single mom. I got two kids. I got to take them to school. I got to pick them up. I got a, an ailing uh, parent. The phone rings in ten minutes. I got to rush them to the, the doctor's office. Well, if you're serious about this job, you'll be in your desk at eight thirty. What did the woman do? She quit. She had to. Right. It turned out she was the number one revenue producer for that company. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why she was so motivated? She had a job that worked with who she was. Yeah. She put the kids to bed and she'd spend three hours setting up the next day. Yeah. And so, you know, allow people to be who they are and you're going to get more than you could ever have forced from them. Absolutely. If you could give advice to the 18 year old version of yourself, what would you tell him? <laughs> Go for it sooner. <laughs> Don't, oh, don't this. wait, don't wait to be validated. Don't wait for another person. Don't, don't, I, I never was swayed by the naysayer, but go for it sooner. Yeah. <laughs> what, you, oh. what you believe in your heart, put out there, you know, be the, well, Gandhi said, be the person you want to see in the world, be the change wow. you want to see in the world. <laughs> yeah. That belongs to me. Thank you so much. That doesn't feel heavy. That feels light and fluffy. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay, Brian. Absolutely. Any bucket list item that you have yet to fulfill? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I'm constantly working on trying to be the, the best me. I, I, uh, I learn from my kids. I, I want to be more like my, my son as I grow older because I, yeah. I, I value so much how they view the world. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we got less than two minutes until the end. Who inspires and motivates you? Well, I've listed some of my heroes, uh, Ken Blanchard, Peter Drucker, Marshall Goldsmith. Uh, there's, uh, there's so many great authors out there, and, and none of us could do anything without people having come before us. You know, we're, right. we're standing on their shoulders. Uh, the, I, know, I know that you talk about a lot of the, the great, uh, inspiring people, and I think if, if you get an inspiration from – there's so many people that have done great work. Find someone that resonates – that you resonate with their message and then grab all they got, you know, yeah. uh, because uh, you can run with that. And, and, yeah. uh, and those, those, those secrets that worked years ago uh, work today as well. Absolutely. And as we wind down, Dr. Bob, where can we find out more about you? How can we find your books? How can we hire you to speak or consult with us? <laughs> well, I've got uh, my website, www.drbobnelson.com. That's D-R-B-O-B-N-E-L-S-O-N.com. I've got all my books there, and I talk about my consulting services, uh, my coaching. Of course, the books are, are all available on Amazon as well and, and in bookstores. Uh, we've talked mainly about one, but I've actually have written 30 at this point. So wow. uh, you know, they say authors always writing the same book over and over, so you get different yeah. nuances. And I've uh, done a number of dummies books. Yep. So recognizing and engaging employees for dummies and managing yep. for dummies and um, different formats I find resonate differently. I've done one parable that's a lot of fun. Ubuntu. Awesome. So I'd okay. say uh, it's All great. Right. We're at the end. Thank you, Dr. Bob Nelson, for being with us today. Thank you, Brian. It's been a delight. And thanks all of you for listening to Success Profiles Radio this week. Join us next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they overcame, what they did, and what we can learn from them. Until next week, have a great one, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more 
Six Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. 